I'm Sally Garozzo and welcome to the Menopause Mindset Podcast. This is the place to be to get some answers and to feel supported along this very bumpy journey. It's my mission to help perimenopausal women go from feeling anxious, alone and confused to feeling positive, informed and connected. So even though you might be at your wit's end right now, your menopause has the power to be so transformative that it can actually turn out to be one of the best times in your life. But did you know that menopause education is not just for the over 50s? The sooner we learn about it, the better. So please share this podcast with your 35 plus year old friends. I'm Sally Garozzo and I'm a clinical hypnotherapist, a singing teacher and a perimenopause coach and I cannot wait for you to get stuck into this episode. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey and let's get started. Hi ladies and welcome to episode two of the Menopause Mindset and the title is I'm too young to talk about menopause. So, you know, people often wonder why I'm talking about menopause if I haven't actually been through it. And it's because it's all to do with the perimenopause. You know, the perimenopause is probably the most important time. It's the time leading up to the menopause. And you know what? You are never too young to talk about and learn about the menopause. Because when it happens for you, and it will happen for you, you will be so much more prepared. If you know what's coming, you won't start freaking out about the anxiety. You won't start freaking out about the hot flushes or the dizzy spells or the moods or the weird periods or you know whatever symptom you've got. You'll know, you'll think to yourself, oh, this could be the onset of perimenopause. Maybe I'll just go to my doctor and say, is there anything you can do? I think I'm in perimenopause. So there was a survey done in 2018 called the Body Logic Survey. And you can have a look at this online. It was quite a big study, but it the basic conclusion was that the more you know about your symptoms, the less of a negative impact they have on you. So this is really, really important to know because, you know, the more you arm yourself with education and knowledge, the less of a negative impact it's going to have on every area of your life, your sleep, your relationships, and all of those important things. You know, when we're at school, we're not educated, or certainly I wasn't educated about the menopause. It was just something that might have been mentioned. You know, eventually these periods will stop, and that's it. And it was kind of like, yay, (laughs) eventually they will stop. So that's, that's good. But nobody ever taught us about the psychological effect, the physical effect, the relational effect, the financial effect of menopause. And really, you know, ladies, we need educating about this right from an early age. You know, we should be taught about this stuff in schools, really, in a way that's not frightening, that really just prepares girls and boys as well because let's face it boys need to understand what's going on with their partners um yeah we need to be talking about this early on so the question is you know why aren't we talking about this earlier on why aren't we being taught this in schools and maybe the answer is that perhaps teachers and educators just don't think it's relevant at that age and you know maybe they've got a point But at some point, women do need to learn about the menopause and the perimenopause and everything that it comes with. And in an age where women are starting to rise up and take control of their lives, 
it's important that they learn about their health and what is affecting their lives on a daily basis, you know, because hormone changes, hormone fluctuations massively affect our mood, our ability to relate to one another, our ability to be energized, our ability to be confident, to go out in the world, to be more visible. And so menopause massively affects everything. And perhaps the most important question is not why haven't we been educated, but what can we do now to educate ourselves as to what's going to happen to us in the future? So education is definitely key, but it's also about feeling supported. It's about feeling like you are not the only one going through all of this. So I would be really interested to hear from you, our listeners, to ask you, what has been your experience with menopause education? Do you Have you had any? Have you paid for it? Who have you learned it from? Why is it important to you? Is it something that you've thought about up until now? Let us know. Drop me an email, info at sallygarozzo.com and let's hear what you've got to say because it's so important that we hear everybody and I'll be more than happy to read out your comments on the next episode. So I want to talk about for a moment what is the perimenopause? So the actual menopause happens in a split second. So let me explain. You are postmenopausal when you haven't had a period for 12 whole months. So in that moment, when you haven't had a period for 12 months, you are having your menopause and then you are postmenopausal. So in that respect, you are perimenopausal. Peri just means near in Greek. So you are perimenopausal in the years leading up to your menopause. For some women, perimenopause and, and all of the symptoms around it literally lasts six months and then that's it. For some women, it's longer. For some women, it's four years. For some women, it's seven years. For some women, it's 10 years. And in some cases, 15 years. So for me personally, I I believe I started my perimenopause around about age 37. So that would mean that I have been in perimenopause for about seven years. But there's no hard and fast rule with kind of determining if you're in perimenopause or not, because the symptoms are so changeable. And I want to get an expert on to really dive deep into this. But a good indication of whether you're or what age you might head into menopause is to ask your mum what age she went into menopause. So my mother went in at um, 52. So it just gives you a, a good indication. So basically, this means then that menopause itself is not really the issue for most women, but it's the perimenopause that is the most problematic, the most tumultuous time for a woman. It's when your hormone profiles are changing, everything's sort of going up and down in in a weird kind of, in a weird sort of way. Plus, there are so many kind of life stressors and things going on around perimenopause that tends to make it worse. So maybe you've got kids, maybe they're young kids, maybe they're teenagers, and maybe that's quite stressful. And perhaps you've got ailing parents as well or a husband that isn't quite pulling his weight around the house and perhaps you're dealing with loads of work too. Maybe you're trying to go up the career ladder or start your own business 
And this makes a lot of women around this age feel like they are the meat in the sandwich. They're under pressure from both sides, under pressure from children and on the other side under pressure with ailing parents and then in the middle they feel compressed by perhaps a job or a relational issue. And it could be as well that you don't have children. Like me, I don't have children and it has been definitely a sticking point. I'm not going to say that it's ruled my life. I've not been one of those people who have really, really badly wanted children, but it hasn't happened for me. And occasionally I feel sad about that. That's not to say that it can't happen because you still can get pregnant during perimenopause. Definitely something to watch out for. No surprises if you don't want them. So there is a lot of stress going on at perimenopause and we know that stress makes menopausal symptoms much, much worse. So when I get to talking about what to do about symptoms, reducing your stress levels has a massive part to play. So when you become postmenopausal, your symptoms might settle a bit more. They might not, but they might do and eventually they do because We get used to not having that level of estrogen in our bodies and it becomes familiar and the mind loves what is familiar and it rejects what is unfamiliar. This is another reason why perimenopause is so tumultuous because the sensations of hormone fluctuations are really unfamiliar. It's all new to us so we we can freak out about it but postmenopausally once you are used to hormone fluctuations, once you are used to declining estrogen, then it just feels normal. It just feels natural. You know, we're in nearly at the end of week two in lockdown (laughs) and it's starting to feel normal. So habits and sensations and uh, circumstances once they've been in your life for a certain amount of time, usually around about three weeks, they start feeling normal. We can actually get used to the feeling of constant anxiety. That's why a lot of people just have no idea that they have stress in their lives because they're so used to the feeling of stress and they sort of bury it under the under the carpet, under the rug. They brush it under the rug um, and can often be in denial for a long for many many years that they that they even have stress and that it's even an issue for them what tends to happen is with people who have been undergoing a lot of stress and not realizing it is that they will end up with some kind of physical ailment whether an autoimmune issue or some something like that um, as a result of the compounded stress in their lives so the body never lies the body knows you're under stress even if the mind doesn't So in order to get through this perimenopause, this menopause and postmenopause, if we're experiencing some difficulties, we really do need to get serious about making some lifestyle changes in order to protect against this degeneration and against this aging. And the reason I say that is because successful menopause is really about successful aging. It's about trying to, you know, reverse the aging process or reduce the aging process impact. It's about longevity. It's about looking at things that we can do for ourselves on a daily basis that improve our longevity. And here's why. Because estrogen, which is in decline during peri and postmenopause, 
um, is very much heart protective, brain protective, nervous system protective, bone protective. So if it's not there naturally, you need to really make sure that you are living well so that you're giving your body the best chance of supporting you through this time. You know, what we're really looking at here is creating and generating healthy organs, healthy tissue, healthy circulation, a healthy nervous system, health deep down in your cells so that your body can be adaptive and resilient. So that with or without oestrogen, we can be healthy, we can have thriving organs. So some of the challenges that we can face in perimenopause are really often to do with stress. And I said that before. Uh, So between the ages of 40 and 50, your cortisol levels are designed to go up anyway because your body thinks that you're dealing with children and even if you're not dealing with children, your body thinks you are. So you, the higher alert you need to be in this sense. But also your stress goes up because you are so much more aware of the world around you. In our 40s and 50s, we sort of take on this extra cognitive layer. This sort of, we, we become very, very conscious of the world around us, our habits, our behaviours, our relationships. And yeah, we just sort of wake up a little bit more. <laughs> and I think this is because we have a lot of life behind us and we've had a lot of experiences and some of those experiences might have been traumatic and so whenever we have something traumatic that's happened to us the body and mind go on high alert to make sure that we never put ourselves in that position again so we get more defensive the older we get we get more guarded our armor goes up and these sorts of things that happening to us can really affect our sleep and affect our stress levels. And this is important because if we're not sleeping and if stress levels are high, it can really affect the balance of our sex hormones. So no hormone works in isolation. We need them to be doing a perfect dance. And if we're stressed, the body is never going to prioritize fertility. And so, you know, because the body is just trying to keep you alive. So if we are constantly on high alert because of because of what's happened to us recently or what's happened to us in recent past or what's happened to us in childhood, if we've not dealt with those stressors, if we are on high alert, if we're defensive, we are going to perpetuate stress and not prioritize our sex hormones. So this is why reducing stress at menopause really helps us to sort of elongate our estrogenic life (laughs) and helps us to feel better. And the other thing about stress as well, which makes things worse, is we often reach for external things to help us self-medicate, like wine, like crisps, like sugar, like sex, like work, whatever your drug of choice may be. And often if we are reaching for these sugary things, we can end up creating insulin resistance, which then leads to further stress in the body which then also affects your thyroid and slows down your metabolism hence the weight gain during menopause so you can end up with a cascade of symptoms basically with stress at the center so the clue about menopause is really in the word pause it's a pause It's a change, it's a transition, it's not a disease. It's a transition that can 
have lots of symptoms, but it's about how we address those symptoms. And because menopause is a journey, we have an opportunity. It's a wonderful opportunity to do some clearing out, clearing the clutter, clearing the closet and doing a bit of life laundry. And because stress is at the centre, there are so many things that are in our control. Maybe we don't realise they are in our control. Certainly our mindset is in our control. Our perspective is in control. There are things that we can control. There are certainly some things we can't control. We can't control the way people think about us. We can't control the weather. We can't control what's going on with the coronavirus at the moment. But we can control what we put in our mouths. We can control what exercise we do. We can control our responses. We can control what information we digest. We can control our choices, how we speak to ourselves mentally. We can control the language that we use in our minds, the pictures that we have in our minds. And we can control how we sleep as well. And actually learning how to sleep better in menopause is one of the biggest and best things that you can do for yourself. Learning better eating hygiene. What is it that you need to do to improve your eating, improve your sleep? You know, could you have a look at maybe minimizing your alcohol intake, your gluten intake, your dairy intake, your sugar intake? How can you exercise? Obviously, it's nice to go outdoors and exercise and, you know, because that's one of the only things that we can do at the moment. I'm seeing a massive uptake in joggers outside my front window. Um, So getting outdoors and exercising, strength training is a huge part of um, having a better menopause as well. And I am going to be talking about that a bit more. But stress management as well is key here. So looking at things like breathing exercises, yoga, meditation, mindset and relaxation. And also looking at herbs and supplements. I must admit I am not a specialist in this. I will bring somebody else in to talk about this. I know a little bit, but not loads. And it's always better to talk to somebody that knows a little bit more. So... Those are some of the things that we can control in our menopause. And if we address these things, then we are going to have a better transition. We're going to have a healthier transition. Our menopause won't affect us as negatively. Because here's the thing, if we don't support our lifestyle when going through menopause, our risk of degenerative diseases does go up. And I'm not saying this to scare you. I'm saying this because it's so important to be aware of what we can do to prevent certain degenerative diseases like osteoporosis, heart attack, stroke, dementia, Alzheimer's, pelvic organ prolapse and things like that. Because if we don't address our lifestyle, you know, these things can become really bad. They can become serious. We don't want to end up with diabetes. We don't want to end up with heart disease and stroke. So because there's so much that we can do, it's about thinking about what we can do as soon as possible. And that's why it's so important just to start now. If you're hearing this information for the first time, don't delay. Just start now you know, start these lifestyle shifts right now. And if you're not hearing this information for the first time, 
then start now as well. Even if you've been thinking about giving up sugar for a while, honestly, now is the time to do it. You will get so much from quitting these things. A lot of people think that they're going to have to give up so much. They're going to have to give up joy (laughs) if they quit sugar or wine, but it's not the case. You're not giving up joy. You're gaining health. So it's really about reframing. So what we should be thinking about then, just in conclusion, rather than thinking about how can I reduce my menopause symptoms like the hot flushes and the sleepless nights, it can be a good idea to start thinking along the lines of how can I improve my life length? How can I improve longevity? How can I improve my happiness into the later years of my life? How can I avoid those life-threatening degenerative diseases? So most women care about reducing their symptoms during menopause, like the hot flashes and like the night sweats. But really, I believe what we should be caring about more are the serious long-term effects of bad lifestyle that can follow on from menopausal symptoms. So it's really about thinking long-term, developing the consistency required to change and shift your lifestyle and your mindset for the long-term. Be in it for the long haul, not just for reducing this hot flush or reducing that night sweat. So that's all for episode two. I hope you've enjoyed it. Do let me know what you've thought about this episode. If you've got any comments or questions and you want me to read them out on the next episode, please email me info at sallygarozzo.com. And of course, you can follow me on Facebook, just Sally Garozzo Mind Mentor, or you can join our group, The Menopause Mindset. And of course, you might like to follow me on Instagram as well. I do some good Insta stories. So that's just at Sally Garozzo Mind Mentor again. And of course, I would love you to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks very much. Until next time. Bye.